Hey, I'm coming live from Angola. My name is AJ Ram. Um, what's I'm your Cuffy. name? Okay. And I'm Susie. And welcome She's to Black Folk Love. Can you stop talking over me, dog? Welcome to Black Folk Love Gilmore Girls Two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to edit it out. If I wouldn't drink first, <laughs> I'd be I'd be Billy D motherfucking Williams. I'd be Lando. They'd be like, is that Trevor Noah? And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> the more you see, the more you know. Breaking down your favorite TV shows. Pop culture and our own voice tells the world. Black folk love Gilmore Girls. They do. Your baby mama loves Gilmore Girls. She do. Your auntie loves Gilmore Girls. She do. Everybody loves Gilmore Girls. We do. You know you love Gilmore Girls too. Don't you love Gilmore Girls too? Everybody love Gilmore Girls. Don't fake like you don't love Gilmore Girls too. You know your ass love Gilmore Girls. Everybody in their mama watches Gilmore Girls. Hello, black folk. Hey. 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 Um. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. My name is Ajay. I'm Kefi. I'm Susie. We've all drank like a pint of codeine, which is why we're very drowsy right now. It's lit. Ain't nobody drowsy. We wait for you to get the show started. All right. So our special <laughs> guests today are Ray Shrumman. And Metro Boomin, he's going to be doing a live DJ set later. Cool. Um, but in the meantime, in between time, this is our podcast. It's about screenwriting and writing and, and stuff with pencils and pens and typewriters and all that good stuff. So if you're black and you write, then you're in the right place. And if you're black and you don't write, you're kind of in the right place. Or like if right you're place not black anyway. and you write, it's Get the safe. fuck out. Hey, oh. hey, hey, hey. <laughs> We like all colored folks. That ain't a color, it's a shade. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, JK's okay. cool though. JK Rowling, you can bang with us any time, like squad, for real. Like, you're the homie. Thank you for everything you've done. Ooh, what other white for the advancements of black people. <laughs> <laughs> you've done so much. So, the first thing we're going to do on this podcast is we're going to talk about. Um, well, first, let's introduce ourselves. Starting not with me. Hey, Kefi. <laughs> feel so bamboozled. Um, my name is Kefi Maxwell. I'm a writer. I write about black culture, millennial life, and sci-fi. And that's what I do. That's that's me. Mm-hmm. We have a guest with us today. Her name is Suzanne. That's what I like to call you. That's what I always... <laughs> but Susie, I can't pronounce your last name, but it's okay. We're not going to put your last name in this. She's just oh, Susie to y'all. Because and- the feds is watching, folks. The feds is watching. <laughs> That's a ridiculous last name, so no one ever needs to say it. Mostly the feds are watching. <laughs> and Susie is a comedy writer. Okay. And um, she does stand-up, which is always impressive to me. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, happy, very, very, very happy to be here. Love you guys. So I'm love you too. Here. Yes, this is, yes. Love, is love, love. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, my and name who is... Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> I can't hear you over the voices in my head. I feel like we just entered into a Tarantino movie. Like, it's my, not real. <laughs> hi, guys. I'm Ajay. Um, formerly Ludacris's um, hype man until he bamboozled me on tour. Um, currently, I write on Medium. Um, and I'm on Twitter. 
I'm lit on Twitter. I have way too many followers. Got the juice. For no reason. Like, what? I think, like, and on SoundCloud, because, like, random Indian people just follow me. Like, it's true. Like, they randomly follow me. But the people main, with my same name. the main things you do include what? Okay, so I'm a trampoline stuntman. Um, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I have been featured heavily on Anthony Bourdain's um, podcast, Cooking with AJ. Mostly my podcast. <laughs> um, but mostly I'm a writer and I write and I do music stuff and yeah. But that's, it, we're not here for me today. We're here for Issa. <laughs> yes. First name yeah. Issa, last name Ray. Creator of. Issa Ray. Issa one of Ray. Ray, Issa, Henny on the Rocks. Um, <laughs> that's and, a beautiful drink. What, Henny That's on the Rocks? Black. No. Oh. You put her name together. Ray, Issa Ray on the Rocks. What did you just say? I said Issa Ray, Henny on the Rocks. Because okay. it was like, I said Ray Issa because we're taking back the James Bond thing. And then instead of like, I don't know what he drinks. Okay. But black Nobody people really drink cares Henny. what he drinks. No. Yeah. Um, Anyways, what have you written lately, Mr. IJ? What do you want to tell the people about what you're doing lately? Like I'm I said. putting you on the spot. Trying stuff, man. <laughs> um... <laughs> I write in arrow. I write in arrow. What have you written lately? All right. So what have you done for me lately? Da, 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 da. Ooh yeah. Da, 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 da. Okay. So I was waiting for you to come in. We're about to get the <laughs> shit suit out of us. <laughs> no, if it's over thirteen seconds, we are good. We are under. You know, we are under. You know, Janet is counting that shit. <laughs> that's okay. We, then that's fantastic that she's listening. Hello, Janet. And we owe you so much anyway. Hey, take JJ. us to court anytime. Mm-hmm. Just take us to court. Um, <laughs> what am I writing? I am writing stuff on Medium. Um, and you can check out my Medium page. Uh, search AJ Ram. You were like fucking plugging all shit today. Like, you told me. Holy crap. Wait a minute. You These told people me. don't know you. You were just telling them to go all you sorts see, of places. You see how black people do? They want shit. you to, to, to let yourself out the house, but still stay by the stove. <laughs> Some bullshit. They never wanted to see me shine. Come on. What am I? Do you want me to lie to these people? I don't write nothing. I stay on the couch. I write sometimes. <laughs> what are you working on? What am I working on? Yeah. I The most I've done lately is some poetry, and it's usually the inspiration for a script idea. So I know that something new is boiling. So yeah. I Okay, sorry. The, the, the clearer answer to that is I went to a funeral with my grandmother uh, last week, and it was interesting to see how... 40, 50 years ago, she had her life here in New York City, and it, so many parallels to the life I'm living here in New York City. So it was, it was it was a weird full circle kind of moment, and I realized, wow, I didn't come here alone. Wow, I, I may have moved here. I may have had my ambition, but she already did this, and if she didn't do X, Y, Z, it would not have led to me being here. So it kind of inspired some poetry, which will probably turn into a story. I just always want to write stories. Um, it's funny because, yeah. I'm sorry. You rude that's, ass that's mofo. How we heal. That's how uh, we're here. That's <laughs> exactly. We that's how we got here. Cave paintings, y'all. Mm. Um, I think it's interesting because I, I too, um, I think my main purpose for writing now is using it as a form of time travel. Um, one, because I don't want to be here right now. Uh, but uh, not at the pocket. I'm fine here. There's like some beautiful salmon laid out on the table. 
It's giving you the, the aesthetic. Right you want a salmon t-shirt. Yeah. Setting the scene. Um, but mostly because I've, I'm realizing that um, story is everlasting. And it, it's a way to like just kind of like... It's a way to raise the dead and, and speak through people who didn't get a chance to write. Or didn't get a chance to read. Or didn't get a chance to have the freedoms that we do. Um, so I find myself writing like vicariously through my mom. Um, nowadays, medium, check it out. I have issues. <laughs> God almighty. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I think, um, it's really becoming a thing where I can like evoke other spirits besides myself and kind of get outside of myself for a second. And you know, you know what else. That's what's up. Are you writing anything, Susie? I am, yeah. I actually started writing something I've never written before, but it's definitely a long time coming. Um, I'm started. I've started to write a um, superhero story, and I yeah, because I kind of realized recently, like I've done basically since I started writing in college, I've just always just done comedy writing, like sketches mostly, and like um, and I have like a play going, like it's a with a couple of other people who are writing like a comedic play, but like I'm not realized like looking back like through the course of my life, like, uh, like mostly what's been integral to me being happy and like escaping is like superhero and like kind of extraterrestrial kind of like stories. Um, yeah. And so I definitely started thinking about the story it was kind of like bubbling, like starting last year. And I just, all of a sudden I just really thought it was time like a couple weeks ago to just like start writing it. And, um, it's great. Like it's beautiful to, I think the biggest thing for me with um, just figuring out why this is so important to me is that, like, it's... You're, enti- you're entirely in control. Like, entirely. And that is so therapeutic, especially when we're in this time right now. You know, like, <laughs> where literally, like, I remember, you know, like, I don't know where you guys were the night of November 8th, whatever, but I remember, like, getting the alert. You. Yes, you were with me. I was. And then... <laughs> And you know what? It was funny because we left and I was just like, and I still, we like, we, we parted ways whatever in the subway yeah. and I still, it still wasn't sinking in, you know, because like, this is something that's, that felt like I was in Toontown, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then, <laughs> right? And then I wake up in the next morning and I just see the alert on my phone, you know, like whatever, the New York Times alert or something that's just like, hey, guess who? Hey, motherfuckers. Really? <laughs> Shit hit hey. the fan. And yeah, and it's just like you, I felt, I don't know how everyone else felt, probably similar, but like, I just felt like the world had ended and mm-hmm. like I was completely I had no agency at all mm-hmm. like I'm there are many other people like you know like me and and different from me but are still just gonna have less agency whatever so um I think that definitely was a big catalyst and so then now I've just like been writing and it's this woman that I'm writing about she's a superhero and she's saving me right now and it's great um yeah, and it's new territory, so I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about this, and we, I guess we all have talking points, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to begin talking about it. I'm very geeked. I wish Issa was here. I feel she like is. if we, we... She's here. She's here. She's, she's like always here. My fairy godmother. <laughs> in, a very, in a very real way. Um, so, okay, how did, how did you guys feel about Insecure, season one, all beautiful eight episodes of it? I, it was revolutionary. It took my personal objective of of being a writer is to reframe the black woman narrative. And 
I could have had two reactions. I could have been completely jealous, like, that bitch, I can't believe she took, like, she she, she broke the glass ceiling. I wanted to do that. But I was so fucking elated that she did it so smooth. And it's, I mean, I don't see that it's a show for everybody. I, I think that it insults white people every five minutes. I think that niggas don't want to like this shit because she's just fucking being a, a woman oh, and un- about unapologetic about it. But I was just so happy that she reframed the the just the black girls in the world as far as how TV portrays it. And for me, that's why it's one of the most important shows in the last 10 years because how many shows do that well, do it funny, do it just... Uh, do it unapologetically black. Yes. Like black, like black, 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 like black. Like I'm in my mirror talking to myself, black. Like okay. Mary, Mary just came into my living room, black. <laughs> like Kelly oh Price brought over some pie, black. Like, <laughs> very real. It was an ultra light beam. <laughs> yes. Um. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was. It was like, it's it saved. Like it saved me. And I'll just speak personally. Like it was just. It was a, it's a haven, like, and, you know, oh my god, I don't, like, oh, that's honestly, like, it's so hard for me, like, lately to phrase things that, like, super make me happy, because I'm still so stuck, I'm like, I'm just so happy, you know, like, and it's hard to, like, put it in words, because I feel like I'll do it in just, in justice to them, but, like, Issa, like, she just, and it's not even, like, her show, like, it was just, like, with me watching her show, it just, there was such a signifier of, like, broader things, too, and, like, the fact that, like, I'm sorry, but, like, Larry Wilmore, like, we're, you know, like, brought it to, <laughs> Shout to out the to Larry. screen, like, oh God, and, like, and not to take away from Issa at all, at all, because she, she made herself, like, she made herself, she's, like, on YouTube, she did Awkward Becker, like, she did all that, but, like, Larry was so, like, Larry got jilted, and then Larry, like, brought it back, and he, like, got her, and, like, that's just the best team to me. Like, and Larry now he has, and, like, like a three-show deal at ABC. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, um, but anyway, that's taken away from, from the show, uh, I think, but, um, I don't know. It was, again, really just, like, it was, it's a heroic show, for real, and, like, it's, it just, I, I felt like it was this guiding, like, saving grace. Like, I never have I felt so comforted by a show. And that, like, I've been so excited to, like, see the next episode. Like, so, like, obviously we've all been there. But, like, I don't know. I think I have been missing it for so long. And it <laughs> redefined it redefined how excited I could be about television and about being, like, and about voyeurism, really. Like, just, like, watching this amazing world that she created <laughs> So fucking funny and like in such a beautiful revolutionary way. Yeah. She talks a lot like when she's doing interviews. Like I listened to the specific interview she had where she talked about like segregated humor and how like she was like always a fan of like Curb Your Enthusiasm and you know maybe Seinfeld I think she said but hopefully not. But um <laughs> like she's at a certain about point how, did the same shit <laughs> really though. But she's like talking about how like there's white humor and there's like it always felt like there was no room for black like for black people in that you know white contextual humor and how like and like it was just so poignant what she was saying because about that because then you watch her show and that's she's like she's like creating this new space like the character of molly she's like an amazing character she's so funny too and like it's 
it, it's allowing all, and then you have the, okay, and one of the best side characters ever on TV is the, you know, the blood gang member. Like, <laughs> that's one of the best characters I've ever seen on TV, and that's the best comedy I've seen in, like, years. Yes. Or it's just so understated and so perfect, and uh-huh. she just, like, I should wow. figure out how, her, how, how is kids going to grow without ABCs in this life, in her life, like, how? how ANCs. Hold on, how many? No, there'll be A and Bs. Oh, I said, how will she ever enjoy the circus? How will she ever yeah. enjoy? How will she ever enjoy candy? Like, Bambi. like Bambi and Birkins. Birkins. Better words. And Be what does she do bears. about tricky K words? Like, I, what? I've always, what yo, does she I have do? always wondered. This has been a lifelong <laughs> confliction ever since seventh grade. Does she have to say obey? Obey. <laughs> at least Beyonce is safe. That's true. Like at least Beyonce is safe. And the brand. And the brand. <laughs> and black, which is kind of most important. I've always said B is a better letter than C. I'd rather lose C than B. Oh, yeah, no. B and is more, it's the staccato of B. Yeah. I think when you, like, yeah, write, really? if anyone's ever been, like, a writing class, they always say, like, you know, that the P's and the B's, like, the ones, the uh-huh. stop plosives, there we go, that's mm-hmm. how you say it. Those are, like, the ones that are more um, impactful when you're writing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, good on... Th- oh, just another win for Insecure. <laughs> just another win for Insecure. Like, I never want to be a crip. I'm saying oh it right now. Uh, and you. we've alienated and tired. tired. <laughs> Snoop is never watching the show. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Damn, what about Snoop? So quickly, and like five cousins. Um, so okay, yeah. It. I have so many things to say about insecure. First of all, like Haven is totally, totally correct because it is a black space. It's the first show that I've I've wanted to watch in years. As soon as it came on, like I was like, "Yo, do I need to buy cable for this?" Because <laughs> that's how it thrilling it was to kind of speak to Susie's point where. You're, it's so safe, and and you know that it's your it's your own bubble. You know, yeah. it's I don't know how to describe it. I just felt good with that in Atlanta on air this year. I was oh, I back think to back the season. happiest I could have ever been. Yeah. this past season, and the fact that they were both only eight episodes is the most. Atlanta was ten. Still, they didn't. nine because the last episode doesn't count. <laughs> To, to to for them not to even be lasting the whole year, I'm I'm back to depression. I'm like, but what but, did we have? But what? Why did you do that? Why did you come into my life? Fresh just off to the leave? boat? That's not for me. <laughs> Might even have to create a slum dog. Um, well, one of my favorite show. Chewing gum. On that Chewing gum. Mm-hmm. I have. I've heard that it's good, but I watched the preview and I wasn't sold. You know, I've, I so I feel kind of. And this is a total bias of me. I can never, my American ass can never get into British comedy. Okay. I love British dramas. Mm-hmm. Yo, Happy Valley? Amazing. It's amazing. Um, but I just, plus it's a type of comedy that I don't fully, she's, um, first off, I don't know the woman who played, but she should have totally played Nina Simone. Oh, well, I haven't even really watched it. <laughs> oh, okay. So it, I've watched like two episodes and it is very daring and it is kind of like, it's like a scrappier version of Insecure, but it's very over the top. Like okay. very, very, like a lot. And it's just not my type of humor. Not At least not right now. But the fact that it's on air is enough to make me extremely happy. Right. Like it just got me excited that it was like going to be another thing, but that is very British. And then another to be very dark, over the top. yeah, mm-hmm. another dark skinned black woman mm-hmm. just killing shit in mm-hmm. the main role. Um, okay. So insecure, 
to me, is the fact that we have, and I'm not going to talk about Lennon's podcast because that's for a different one, but the fact that we have not only two amazing black shows in the same year, but two of the most important shows in television television history in the same year. Um, I look at Insecure in a way that, yes, it is a very classic by the by the books TV show in the sense of like it's an overarching story, thirty minute comedy. But the revolutionary aspects of it are very subtle. First off, the fact that it is a black show being black as fuck, talking about black relationships, um, dealing with the two protagonists being black women who are unapologetically black. The fact that, and I think this isn't from me, VSB brought this up. Um, the fact that there is, are black people having sex on this show? Like, and we could go into a whole, like, we can go into the annals of history about how the black body is fetishized but never really shown to appreciate the satisfaction of sex. The fact that we have that, like, it, it these are like small victories that should have been won a long time ago, but... It's long overdue, but it's done in the most fresh and beautiful way that we're not like, fuck, well, it should have been done. Like, it's right on time because mm-hmm. it's brilliant. Um, a lot of things, like, just, there's a lot. There's a lot. And I think we're going to be able to unpack more of it because I don't want to go into, I don't want to, like, un- do a Russian doll thing when I'm just pulling <laughs> stuff out and then we have to go into it. Okay, but. what's your first, uh, your first appreciation for it? Well, my first talking point was not my first... My first talking point can also be my first appreciation of it. Um, I appreciate how black women were written and allowed to be black women and not played under the male, black or otherwise, gaze of being a black woman. Like, Issa and Molly have this human... There's one... Okay, so there's one scene, and it's when she's trying on the fundraiser dress in episode, I think it's episode nine, mm-hmm. and she had, or episode seven, and she has a blue dress on, and she's talking to Molly, and she, the Molly was like, oh, it look, and she was like, it looks good, and, uh, and Issa was like, okay, is it, I want to, she's flying, I want to give this woman, uh, uh, she, is it, she's flying, I want to give her money, uh, uh, it was, she's fly, and I want to give her money good, or is it, this bitch look like a blue Ariel, good, and Molly says, do those two have to be mutually, ex- or, do, or those two mutually exclusive, and it was just this smart and witty humor, while still being allowed to be black, and still being, still allowed to, like, keep it soul, mm-hmm. like, because a lot of times when we look at something that's supposed to be black and witty, we think of something that's supposed to play by white rules, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that, it was black comedy that was top fucking tier, mm-hmm. because it was just written by a skilled writer, that's mm-hmm. all it took, um, my talking point about that is that since black women were allowed to be black women unapologetically and feel real things and make real decisions, not always be in a reactive state, the flip side of that is Lawrence Hive, which is a real thing on Twitter. Thank you, niggas, for just making hive after hive. Y'all just want to support. Oh, I think it's all future hive. I think they just all like, we're also Lawrence Hive. They return to Lawrence Hive like at nine o'clock whenever it came on HBO. Um, fucking. God damn. Yo, I don't oh, understand Lawrence. this beef. Like, why? Why do y'all hate Lawrence? I don't hate Lawrence. I hate... He's a good guy. First off, that term doesn't exist. <laughs> Second off, I refute that term. Um, he... Okay. He was... So, I, I have nothing... For the most part, against Lawrence. Like, I have something against... 
like, the men who would watch his show and root for this nigga to cheat on her. Like, and literally, during, like, the last scene... Are we... Is this a spoiler podcast? This yeah, is a spoiler podcast. Okay. So, <laughs> when he's, like, finally deciding to be hurt enough to cheat back and he's having sex with the girl from... Who is the bank? From the bank. And... Mind you, I... Wait, wait, wait. That was the girl in the last scene? Yeah. yeah. I thought he went back for the stripper. No. no. She wanted bank money. Bank teller. Bank teller. Which is I different. thought he wasted the... a very the, different... I Whoa, thought, I thought he wasted is... the 400 no. and went and got wow, the stripper. This is a, no. no. God damn. No, we had sex. It Whoa. makes it more personal and more petty at the same time. Oh. Yeah. You couldn't she... tell... Her face was down. How is that, that is supposed true. to... How do you know that that's who that was? Her face was in the I pillow. Was no credit. I was looking at her face, <laughs> first and foremost. You, you recognize the booty? Like, what's good? How did you know? Listen, IMDb is a real thing. Don't get me to put myself in a hole. In this podcast, this is not Weird of Henny. That's so, a different wow, one. the season finale just totally changed. Yeah, you know? some petty ass shit. Exactly. Now he's gonna start a relationship with somebody new and not be able to get rid of her. I don't think he is. I don't think he's gonna start. He's yeah. he, which makes it the better. way he was hitting that. That girl is not gonna leave him so easily. Right. That don't mean he's starting a relationship. Yeah, really. you know. Like, no, it, I'm not talking about relationship. So, this is a podcast about Lawrence and Cocaine now because <laughs> no, I have no. notes. Now, now, <laughs> now she's gonna be thirsty for it. Yeah. She was already thirsty. Well, as it was fuck. a petty fuck, like petty, hateful. That don't mean nothing like to that. a thirsty bitch. A thirsty bitch gonna want more. This is a different podcast now. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go to high school my last year before I get kicked out. I'm gonna pull out my transcripts. Um, no, but that's what made even more all the more petty because that whole episode was Lawrence just fucking deconstructing what made him a good guy first like the fact that he was under such male peer pressure because of his homie who like yo fuck the homie that nigga was fuck the homie that nigga has a girl at home girl at home so why is he talking all that shit fuck that nigga yo yo that strip club scene shows ladies at home listen I'm gonna be like Listen, that strip club scene is all you niggas need, all y'all need to know. When they're all around and they stop a conversation and be like, damn, well, pussy fat. I'm like, y'all niggas ain't shit. Ain't shit. Ass burgers. Ah. Oh. That's how it and starts, y'all. That's how it that starts. That's how it starts, be- starts, middles, and ends. That's the book. That's, that is the fellowship of the ring right there. I kind of want to transition oh. into a, a part where I wrote it down. Um, okay. Wait, hold on. Lawrence says to Issa, she says, I know I haven't, he says, I know I haven't been my best self lately in my career or with you. And I was like, that right there, that is the whole, like, the whole peak of the series. It's the fact that, and I think why people were mad at Issa for dating Lawrence and why people said Lawrence wasn't shit, like he was a regular guy, I think on VSP.com they had said that. And it's a great article. It's called Lawrence Isn't a Cat. <laughs> and he's not. But it also slays so Issa's weird. character, too. Yeah. Like, it drags them both through the mud. Because I think infidelity is just whack. But at the end of the day, like, it's a total double standard how... People get so mad at, like, niggas were mad. People were calling her a hoe on Twitter. Like, people were, like, hate messaging well, her. Well, she, that's another, that's another angle. And that's her character. And she wasn't a hoe. But I think, I think at the same time, she was just being a person. I mean, the pilot episode opens up with her searching, like, is this all I'm going to be? Like, mm-hmm. am I just wait? I'm with, I've been with this dude for five years. 
I, I felt I empathize so deeply with giving time to something that just isn't worth it. And I correlate that back to what you were saying uh, as far as niggas ain't shit. Well, I said that, whatever. But <laughs> I've said it before. Too, I think so. the frustration and why I'm on Team Issa, <laughs> if that's a thing. Issa Hive. You are what you eat. And the truth of the matter is, Lawrence wasn't a catch because he had shitty friends. He wasn't doing shit. He only, he only got off his ass when Issa threatened to leave him. Mm-hmm. How how many black women have that story? Like how many of us like we wait, we wait, we wait. When we finally leave you and stay apart from you, what do you do? You go find a new shorty, you get your shit together, and then all of a sudden you have this whole new lifestyle. Which is like why, like, I think yeah, I'm a little bit of episode I'm 10. I'm kidding. Hey, I'm not. This is my dad's story in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> hey, Dad, what's up? I'm on a podcast now, nigga. Ah, I made it. I and he's like, no, you didn't. I'm, I'm but in like an Indian accent. I might take that um, out. <laughs> no, take it out. Just for your Been protection. a nigga. Hashtag. Um, so I think it was episode 10 or episode 9. It might have been before he, before he figured out she cheated or like after, whatever. He's talking to one of his boys. He cheated out like, and he, he cheated out. He figured out end of seven. End of seven. Oh, he's saying nine and ten. Okay. So end of seven and then eight and he's talking about, yeah, I can't lie. I got myself together for her. I'm like, yeah, but it was... Boom, mad, boom, 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 boom. Let me tie this into to the theme of this fucking year. I'm going to tie it back to oh. Lemonade. <laughs> niggas, we don't... Yes, I'm talking to the niggas. <laughs> the niggas are going to leave comments on SoundCloud. Like, she yeah, talking that to me. Home. Fuck that. <laughs> and I'm going to comment after each one. Hey, fuck you. Want to fight? <laughs> Meet me outside. Oh, you in Philly? I'll drive. I appreciate the friendship. Thank you. Get my ass beat. So many times. Black women are pissed off because y'all niggas ain't doing shit. I'm gonna lay that out there. Issa's a good catch. Fine. Okay, you know, she's got a job, you know. The reason why black women get so fucking, ah, just, just, just pumped with, with anger and frustration is because as we wait for you to get your shit together, we're wasting our time and we're wasting our best potential because you're not being your best self. And what happens in relationships is black women show up and black men don't. Mm-hmm. And that's how the, the push and pull comes. And that's why we get angry when you, you date a new chick and you decide to get it together or when you, whatever, pick pick a scenario. But I, I empathize with, with Issa because all she wanted to do was live her best life. And how could she do that when you're not even trying to live your best life? I'm giving you five years, my nigga. Like, five years. That's a, that's a long, a long time, time for a lot of people in general. So, I I don't get how people are mad at Issa for doing what she did. It was wrong. But you got to understand that boiling point frustration. And the fact that most black women go through that. Because we're so loyal. We're so willing to wait it out. Because we do see your potential. We do want you to be the best of you. But if... <laughs> If you're just slouching it the whole time, like, what do you... <laughs> I think it's not even the point that it was wrong because, whatever, there's so many wrong things that happen on TV that characters do. That's what makes characters compelling, to be honest with Which you. Which is why she is a compelling character. It's the fact that... That how many times have we seen the flip side is? Even if you look at shows... By the way, I really do believe that this has killed the scandal and being Mary Jane subgenre of black women being dogged. Like, this is, like, the revenge of that... Fuck Scandal, fuck being Mary Jane, first and foremost. Love Carrie, love Gabrielle, but fuck those shows. (laughs) They deserve better. Um, But it's the whole thing of, like, no one gets outraged when that happens for seasons on end. This is, like, eight episodes. Pawn season, seasons, pawn season, seasons them. Um, (laughs) Of, like, of just nigga fuck shit. Or, like, white presidential man fuck shit. Uh, White nigga shit, that's the worst. I hate Scandal with a passion. Um... (laughs) 
But yeah, it's the whole thing of the double standard. It's like the fact and the fact that men and jumped out of the format. This is what it's like. It's like if you're watching Game of Thrones, which I don't watch, but a lot of people die. Or you watching Walking Dead? More don't people watch get anymore. Don't die, honestly, that's why I had to quit. It's a horror. <laughs> it's also a horrible show. No one should ever watch Game of Thrones ever again. Also, medieval shit kind of boring. Um, so it's like if you were watching Walking Dead and someone killed somebody else, like an actor killed, like a somebody's character, a character killed another character that you really liked, and then you DM'd, you kept DMing on Twitter the 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 actor and like. Throwing hate at him. It's like, this is a character. These are two characters. And I think you know that. But the fact that men were so hurt that this was happening in front of their eyes is kind of really alarming. Like, it's like, dog. Like, people are so mad at the double standard. And whatever validity that Lawrence had as a man is kind of taken away by the visceral reaction that other men have when they're witnessing what's happening. Why doesn't screen. the ancient nigga... Why is Did he you under- say the ancient nigga? Yeah, like, it might, like, Lawrence is a good... Like Morgan Freeman? <laughs> Lawrence, ouch. <laughs> Lawrence was a decent guy, but he wasn't doing oh, shit. Ain't shit. Ain't shit. I thought you said ancient. Oh, like dinosaurs. Ain't shit. Oh, I was like, what? The ancient niggas. The the, the, the elders? (laughs) Why don't they get held accountable? Like, that's honestly, I hate to say this, but that that was his punishment for just slacking. It might be harsh. It it might be harsh to say that, but what did you expect? Honestly, yeah. My thing, like, so never been in a five year committed like real ass relationship that's a long ass four month thing yeah so I don't even know like I can't they are such real people to me like Issa Issa from the show and and Lawrence that like I'm literally looking at them as real people and like I cannot put myself there like I can't I've never been in a five year long (laughs) committed fucking relationship where you live together you live together so like I can't but so whatever. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But um, you know, and we'll see. Whatever. But like, um, I'm literally like when I saw like how, and I love when you brought up the fact that he said, um, yeah, like I got my shit together for her. I'm like, <clears throat> you were supposed to be doing that the entire time, and and it's not like okay, like I'm, I'm losing my train of thought, but <laughs> I'll get it back. Like. Okay, so, like, she is just expect. It's, like, I, I understand that you're kind of a twosome now. When, you know, whatever. Like, you're living together. You're a thing. Like, you, you are two halves of some whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, you cannot... She is also another person. And you can't expect it to just be, like, a, a thing that you both go through when, like... You don't have your shit together. She's going to work every day at, yeah, okay, she hates her job. The nigga said, let's do Netflix on your birthday. Nigga. Nigga. Like, and and she, and he's like, he's so baffled as to why she's like so annoyed at like, you know, and that was that whole, I think it was episode, all of episode two. She's like, so I remember like at first, like thinking like, yo, like, why does she keep avoiding him? You know, like whatever. It's like the episode where like they meet up in the Rite Aid, you know, and she's like, 
And this is like this is like after like Damn like yeah. full two yeah. days of like not responding to him. He like he said that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I calls Molly. I love that part too because I've been there. Like Molly's like, you've got Lawrence calling me now. I was like, oh my god, I've been there. But like, um, yeah. So like, she finally meets up, and like even then, she's looking at him face to face after all this stuff. Like after all two days of like such statements of not talking to him, you know, like, and they're meeting face to face, and she can't even say it then, you know, where he's like. He's like, come on, like, why, like, let's talk about it. Like, this is what she's like, and and you want to just, and, like, part of you wants to be like, yeah, like, let's just, just talk about it. Like, just talk about, like, what's happening. But she ultimately can't because she's so sad. Like, she's sad that he just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, like, and, you know, and I love, it was a beautiful little button, like, where she, like, she's leaving and then she comes back. She's like, Florence, wait. And you're like, oh, and she's like, can I get your writing that card? Was <laughs> that was fucked up. Right, because she's also, like, she's, like, a little bit of a villain, you know? But, like, mm-hmm. if, but in mm-hmm. her own right. And, like, like we all are. And and it's a beautiful thing. But, like, you know, it's such, like, you, you look at, for me, like, you know, I think ultimately the social, like, politics are, like, the biggest thing that I take from this show and with their relationship where it's just, like, ultimately, like, she is a black woman. And, like, she has the underhand in this, in the world, and honestly, historically, like, you know, forever, and also, like, right now, and you, and and she doesn't have to explain to you what, like, she's so upset that Mm -hmm. you don't understand why you're upsetting her, and, like, it's, it's, like, the tried and true story of, like, the, you know, person that is upset has to explain why they're upset to the other person you know, to the upsetter, you know, and, like, that creates more of a, of a unequal relationship, you know, like, yeah, and so that was just, like, and so then that carries through the entire season, because, like, yeah, that's, like, what, that's season, that's episode two, where mm-hmm. he's just, like, you know, she ultimately, like, she's still even, con- like, she can't even confront to his face, like, after, like, hours and hours upon hours uh, and days upon like not talking to him and like she still can't even voice it and I was just like oh like in a perfect world she would be able to just say it but like that's yeah that was and then yeah so then ever since then I was just like Lawrence like you were like this was like it was very like it, it got he got marked I think like at that episode where I was just like she yeah. says it in the nail shop. She's like, maybe I do want to be dick down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe, oh God, what she says. breakfast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like, I do want to, I want, wait, she says, I want him to be able to ask. Ask like, um, yeah, or I want to ask like, what do you have for breakfast? And he's like, he says like, you or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I know I'll have bacon and eggs and then like you I or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm queen of paraphrasing. But like, and then, oh my God, that was such a beautiful, that's also And like, in that moment, that's her true desire. Mm-hmm. Now the shady part, she shows it from from jump. I think she's looking from trouble for trouble as soon as she texts back Daniel. So I do think she's definitely yeah. she's definitely no even from 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 very fr- on oh, yeah, screen yeah. texting mm-hmm. and 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 going to the party where he was at. Like mm-hmm. she she was looking for trouble. Yeah. So I think that's probably the biggest thing we could charge to Issa that she, the character that she was looking for it right. rather than but then again you have to add the context it's been five years it's been i'm five sure years. she's nudged at that conversation before mm-hmm. and i think the tipping point was her with was him fucking up her birthday mm-hmm. that's the definition beautiful. of this ain't shit ass shit like right. it's like okay we're all like there are points in life where people are just down like i feel that 
Like, there are points in life where people just don't have a job or is, like, not, like, fortunate as their significant other. There's not having a job and there's not having a job attitude. (laughs) And there's also, like, not making an effort attitude. Like, the fact that the nigga didn't even clean up. that You're home all day and you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything to contribute to the house. And that's, I mean... I, we can all empathize with that, whether we did that when we were young adults or, or now. Who knows? But we can empathize with us searching for where we're supposed to be and getting frustrated that we've tried at something and we failed. So I could get that, but it's it's been five years. She said it. She's like, you, in the bathroom scene where she's like, uh, where did she say? Ah. She's <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm trying to, she, she says he's saying, oh, I'm trying to start a business. And she's like, I have a tip. Why don't you start the business? <laughs> like, and and so she says, like, it's been four years. So you can, she paints the picture, like, year one was great. They moved in and he spent the last four years trying to do this. So it's like, when do you, when's enough, when's enough enough? Also, right. It's like, I think in the show, they're both like, what, 28, 29? Mm-hmm. 29. So that means, I think she turns 29, right? Yeah, yeah. I think she turns. The first, the first episode is her turning 29. Yeah. So like five years or four years, they were in a different part of their 20s. Like me at my age right now, twenty four. Um, yeah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> me at my age right now, redacted. Um, four years or five years plus that, I'm gonna be in a different place in my life. So imagine growing with someone for five years but not really being satisfied with that growth. Like it's crazy. Like relationships are in a prison. Like that's what it felt and it's like. Expected, yeah. no, it's it expected is, for Lawrence yeah. to be like, "You're gonna suffer with me," or for Lawrence Hive, horrible people. Hope you never meet them in person. <laughs> to be like, Wait, I feel I like I, I, know. I know a lot of them too. That's where that was a great. The, I think that their apartment, the way it's portrayed too, is so it's such beautiful visuals too because like that apartment feels like a cell. It's it never does. well lit. No. It feels like no. it is so suffocating. No. It, it has they got the, the low windows. kitchen mm-hmm. uh, uh, countertop thing. The windows are never open. Everything it seems feels, small. Yeah. yeah, and it's and that was so well done. That makes it so that like the you know the environment affects everything like Mm -hmm. I think that was such a great visual poetry like and I think yeah I mean I think ultimately like like it's also it's a beautiful story because she's saying that like here like she's not a hero and like heroes aren't human you know like in a perfect world like she she's the hero and if she's the hero she's uh totally still sticking by him and like championing him even after four years of him trying to start his business but like being a hero is almost being like inhuman it's just like that's not what mm-hmm. like is really ultimate like again and 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 if she's a hero she's not whatever looking at daniel like whatever she's like completely downplaying him like right off the bat but like oh my god it's this beautiful new frame of anti-hero where she's like the holest person on tv i've seen ever ever and because even like these honestly like you look at the story and it's not even that high of stakes it's not like people aren't dying like well obviously you know like it's not a high stakes story but it's a high stakes of shit. It's her whole life. It's five years of her life and what she's going to do next. It's amazing. It's like she's not even losing her job. You know, like, she still has her job and she's still, like, earning money and she's, like, she's still beautiful and, like, you know, out there, like, too. And, like, it's really, like, but you watch it and it's just, like, the highest stakes possible because she's just a fucking master. Like, 
And her whole, oh my god, I'm sorry guys, her group of friends too, like, I have some issues with it, but like, ultimately I just think that's a beautiful portrayal, like, especially the last episode where they're all on vacation. Malibu, yeah, that was it's a great, a great episode. episode, obviously. Those like, friends are not friends. They're not friends. <laughs> they're not friends. And Amanda Seals' <laughs> character, one, yeah. yeah, the um, the light-skinned one, like, she is. Yeah. Yeah. She's a bitch. I'm just like, what She's is not that person doing on TV? <laughs> like, um, Amanda Seals said, uh, Amanda Diva, we got dirt on you. <laughs> this, that's another episode altogether. Also, I feel like we just burned a bridge for well, the entire podcast. Uh, Molly, okay. I was Molly, on the other hand, her stakes are wait, high mm-hmm. as shit. I won't talk Molly yet. Hold on. I actually I actually started to observe rewatching it. That so Daniel got dolphin teeth. I'm going to say it right there. That's okay. Daniel got dolphin teeth. That's all right. We all have our faults. True. Physically. True. And he has... Not a lot, so that's all right. <laughs> you know, I'm not. Da- Listen, so the thing about Daniel is that don't mean I like him. Yeah, it, it, uh-huh. it, I feel like she pulled a Tyler Perry, which is both beautiful and horrible. Where it's like, and you think it's not intentional. Kevin thinks it's not intentional, but the fact that the darkest motherfucker on this show is the villain of this show <laughs> is like <laughs> hilarious. See, but I don't think he's the villain. I don't think he's the V villain because I think everyone is kind of. I think he's the most villain. He's not. We were talking about mm-hmm. it, and he was very genuine and open about what he wanted. He wanted to change the what if to the right now. Mm-hmm. I'm available. I saw the, the the errors of my ways as far as waiting so long to snatch you up, and I want a chance. The only error he made was hitting it raw. Number one. Number two. Hitting it hey, at all. Listen. Wait, why why those those are reverse? Wait, wait. That's a, that's a, that is some no, no, nigga no, no. shit. The no, 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 most no, no. nigga shit of all time. No, because when, when First off. Okay, wait. You hit for it that raw. episode off, for that episode, I could I every each episode I found myself talking out loud and just yelling. Like <laughs> I'm at home, I'm like, ah oh, shit, niggas gonna hear me because I am just laughing so loud or I'm just anyway, during that episode, I couldn't stop calling Issa a stupid, stupid bitch. I was like, bitch, get out the fucking room. Recording studio. Do not sit on that couch. Do not take that chair. First off, studio is a trap. (laughs) There are always light. First off, those lights are off (laughs) in the studio. I have never been to a dimly lit studio in my life. I have never been in a studio that was that velvety and smooth. Uh, come to the studio? You, uh, oh, come on! I was like, you oh stupid God, bitch. So like, you right stupid. Come to I the was studio. so fucking mad at this hoe. Like, why did you go there? I'm a rapper. This oh is trap gosh. number one. Oh Horrible. God. Anyways, that's his only sin. So, no, I don't He knows think... Ty Dolla Sign. He does. That is... But I don't think he was I a villain. I think he was really open. And you have to <laughs> remember that Issa... <laughs> Issa ignored her, ignored him after. Like she made the choice to sleep with him, so she pretty much made the she set the tone of okay, like wow, like I'm into you and I want to do this no matter what's going on in my life. And she completely iced him. So I was not him. mad at him showing up. Like if I if you opened me up in that way, well, she didn't really provoke it, kind of sort of. But if you got me there, we had sex. Yeah. And then you want to ice me? Hell yeah, I'm gonna show up. Well, she ghosted him because she like was trying to just bury her mistake. It's a very Susie move. Yeah. It's a very odd move. There are so many people chasing me right now. <laughs> you owe me money. Who are you? <laughs> I speak German now. I don't understand this language. Um, it's... I, I think that... It, he Okay, so he was more vilified than a villain. Because now I do understand it. Yeah. Because from his perspective, it's like, wait a minute. What? I also think it's beautiful how like, they flip the script. And the women are just ghosting these niggas left and right. <laughs> like, whether it's wrong or right, it's just mm-hmm. like, no, I can't. I'm, this is not going to happen. More, 
more women than men I know ghost ghost because it's safer. It's honestly True. safer. Because men are dangerous. Yeah, really. Yeah. And that's I think that's my biggest thing that I have. One of my biggest problems um, with just that story is that like he kept showing up. Exactly. Like, and that's a little for me. Like, just as a woman, like that's scary. Like, that's I don't like. Like, if I <laughs> cut you off, the only thing that I want, like, in if you, the only thing like that I feel safe with is just like you, if you're texting. You know, like, but he's not a regular up. guy. They grew up together. So no. if any, if any they did. They went She's, to, she is twenty nine. High school. This is not. Was it high school? It was. It wasn't. I thought it was, it was middle school. That's even crazier. So why wouldn't he feel comfortable checking her? No, nah, no. Nah. Okay, so listen. Episode nine to me is when he became a villain because he knew he had no right there. He knew he was not invited. He knew he had no right there. He was there to start shit. And not maybe like aggressively, but it's very. I don't think he was there to start shit. I think he was there to finally get a response from her. He she iced him. Let's let's leave it in context, guys. Right? She did. She did. What if she was scared and she didn't want to like explore the relationship? He's gonna be there to be like, "Hey, what's happening? Like, you don't have to be scared." But isn't he the one who said he didn't want to explore a relationship? He that was first episode, and then he came back and said, "That's why he showed up at her job." Okay, he first decision's the only one that matters. (laughs) Come on. If you it's win, like, it's like okay. It just to me like because if you flip it, it's it's not dangerous in the least, right? So like if you flip it and like Isa is the one that's getting iced and she shows up twice at his <laughs> job and then at his like fucking fundraiser, whatever. It's just like there's no danger involved. It's just like that's you know that's the trope of like you know the one that the, the trope that media everybody wants to like put on women is just like you know like thirsty like Lily she's oh my <laughs> and um like right and so then but if it's Daniel like which it was damn Daniel it's it's a man like hounding a woman and honestly personally right off the bat. I'm out. I'm done because I can. For an old flame, I totally get hounding, it. I totally get it. And I understand what you're saying. <laughs> and here's the thing: never really, again, never really been in this particular situation <laughs> for sure. But like, like for me, the only place you better be hounding me is like on my phone, and then I'll block you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, but like you have to understand. Like, as I think, just I was like watching this, like literally, just like you know, lo- like feeling, feeling out like how women, you know, like do. And uh, like I, I am icing you for a obviously for a reason, and it like he didn't, the, he didn't give her space, right? You know, and like the least thing, like the least you could do is not f- impose your physical presence <laughs> after I, I decided and on not her to, biggest day, you know, like, like a big day of her very, life. Yeah. It's is very like 1970s 80s whatever it's like we're done with that it's like we have to understand that that's like not cool to do like it's really imposing and a little threatening and like it's just like that's not if she was single i'd feel differently about it i wouldn't think he was doing too much the fact that she wasn't okay didn't he did he know that I think he did. He did. So he that's did. even that's an extra she, that's an extra strike on the right. The best part of that episode, as we've discussed, is when uh, Issa looks at Molly and she's like, "Girl, I need you to fucking handle this shit." When Daniel shows up and she just gets that look, like, "I cannot." My, my boyfriend is in the next room. Yeah. Bitch, go find that nigga Bitch, and get him out of here. Like nigga. she gave the look. <laughs> it was priceless. It was priceless. 
That's another thing. So too. we can transition to Molly. He wants oh. to talk about her. Oh. I will say this as far as her and Issa's relationship. When I started to watch it again, I got a slight sense. I feel like they're not really friends. It's not the healthiest friendship of all time. It's not. They at all. feel like frenemies. Definitely. I had flashbacks of childhood. I was like, oh no, no, that's not love. It's a lot like and parking for a second before we get into that podcast. Atlanta, the van episode. It reminded me of that friendship between her and Homegirl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that, and, and, and it made me sad to realize this tone in, in their friendship because that's not sisterhood and that's not, that's not safe space. And, and I felt more than anything they were using each other to work out their problems mm-hmm. in the most unhealthiest way. You know, it was almost like, ah, why am I like this? And, you know, almost like Molly shaking Issa, like, why am I like this? Fix me. Like, And then also, like, not even hearing out Whenever Issa would say, like, yo, like, I'm having problems with Lawrence, Molly wouldn't even let her finish the sentence. She'd be like, bitch, you have a man. Like, that's not what it's about. It's about, like, hearing this out like, and not env- projecting your own shit onto Yeah, you. Uh, there's a lot of envy, of course, from Molly. And, and for me, what I saw in the first episode was an immediate case of betrayal. And I recognized that from my own bad, <laughs> bad female relationships, which I, I thought it was love, and I thought it was just we just we're not getting along right now, or I made her upset, or she made me upset. But I'm like, no, betrayal really isn't. That's, that's not love. That's not. Wait, how whose betrayal? Broken pussy betrayal. That was the first betrayal. Okay. And then um, Molly did something I can't remember, but they kept doing this tennis match of betrayal. They mm-hmm. kept. It's a tennis game. With yeah. them in, in particular. So, um, so yeah, I, 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 I didn't notice it the first time, but when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, wow, this really isn't a friendship. And it's going to expire. That's my that's my prognosis for it. Oh, that yeah. Eventually, they're going to have to separate because they're not in a true friendship. They're using each other to work through each other's problems. So I completely feel that they will eventually have to part ways because they're going to grow up and they're going to evolve. And they're not gonna they're not gonna fit each other's molds anymore. Mm-hmm. But there is love there. Like there there, there is, is love. so yeah. much love. Of course there is. Yeah. I mean the the I think the last episode like oh. explored that completely. Mm-hmm. I think yeah the the oh great scene I loved was like in the like when they're in the hot tub and then like you know uh, is her is her name Kelly right like the the like, the birthday yeah oh, friend. oh yeah, yeah. Like Kelly, one of my right? favorite characters. yeah, yeah. Uh, like <laughs> uh, and also like. <laughs> Side note, like, she was written to, like, become the, like, the best character, you know? Like, it it almost feels, like, very fabricated. Like, it almost feels a little fabricated, just all of her lines, but whatever. It's kind of like Kate McKinnon in Ghostbusters. Exactly. Exactly. Sorry to make a very wide analogy, but... That's the first one I could but do. But it was like or Melissa McCartney and every accurate. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a great. It was a great like uh, scene where like you know they're they're just like railing on Issa and like finally like Molly's just like Molly like defends her and it was a very organic like stepping in like no you can't talk about her like mm-hmm. that you know like it was it felt great like I. I've been there. But it, it took a while for her to, like, And it did, right? <laughs> and my thing, like, because I I love both, right? Like, I love the Molly's character. I'm not, I'm, I would never be friends with Molly's character. I would never, like, I don't think I would ever, like, actually just, like, per, like start a friendship with her. I just don't think it would ever happen. Like, well, we have to admit, and it's a harsh thing to say, but Molly's very broken, Right. But it's a beautiful thing because so many women are in that transitional space. Molly is not a bad person. She's actually... She's not. But I realize she's not... I just would never vibe. She spends less time being a person and more time being a what's next. How do I get this part of my missing 
piece of the puzzle. Like, so I, I started to realize she's not a person. Right. And a right. lot of women end up, you know, we're just, we're missing that checkbox. We're missing that, that piece of our life that we think we deserve and we, we totally do, but it's not there and we kind of lose ourselves as a person. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of have these, these inappropriate behaviors that come out as we're angry and we're, we're trying, not angry, I don't use that word, but we're... We're just like done. We're fritzing yeah, yeah. over yeah. what? Why is this like this? I'm almost thirty. I'm successful. I did everything. I'm attractive. I got it. And I, that's why I saw Molly as, and I could never hate her character because I said, "Wow, we right. all have to not all have to, but we have that moment of why am I in this?" And mm-hmm. I and I love and like I because she is also such a whole person, and I love her. I literally like I love Molly, and but I. Look at their friendship, and I've never been in a friendship like that. I have. Ever. I have. See, right? But the male equivalent is just like it, like because I've actually never been like that real with my like with other than my sister. So my sister is like my best female friend, like, and I just that, but that's also my sister, and I can just say the whatever the fuck I want, and we can like get close to like killing each other, <laughs> literally, and like it's fine because like whatever, we'll just like we're sisters, but like. I, I think every single other female friendship I've had, even, like, best friends that I have that I still have, I never talk that way with them, right? Like, I never... I am never that raw with them. And sometimes... Okay, sometimes I am when I'm drunk, whatever. But, like, <laughs> but like it never, like... It's never this lasting, cutting thing. Like, just mm-hmm. the whole thing where, like, Molly... I remember, like, you know, after... So, after their big blow-up, episode 7... Oh my god. Drama. Mama was a bitch in that fucking fundraising episode. Right. That beautiful Asian then, man. I know the beautiful Justin. Remember, I was like, of course, his name is Justin. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but like, no, and then the whole like aftermath of that where she's like, you know, that whole phone call, like Issa like calls her to like do the whole, because like she's a donor. And so Issa, Issa does like the, you she know, the. still stank. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's like, and Molly's just on the phone, like, okay, you know, like, okay. And I'm just like, yo. I've I had can't. that. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, I think. I just, to me, that would just be a deal breaker. Like, if I was treated like that, I'd just you be like, a stronger person no. than me. Yeah, you ready when, to go. When that's I have had to kick friends oh. out of my house forever <laughs> to stop that. On the flip side, when that is your template for what friendships are supposed to be, mm-hmm. it took me many years, hence why I cried during Black Girl Fusion, it took me many years to understand okay wow that's yeah. not how it's supposed to be and i and i realized the reason why i can resonate so much with molly and Issa's relationship is because you end up in a relationship with the girl fixing problems that you have and it, it doesn't it's symbiotic, yeah and and it's not really friendship mm-hmm. it is because that's they have love there and they have their moments where it's just like ah oh, they love each other and that's that's they're forever but at the same time you're both you're both so broken and so so just in, in so many pieces that you can't possibly have a true loving friendship. Mm-hmm. You just can't. I don't really? Know. Yeah, yeah. So I've had that and it, and it sucks and I and that's why I know oh no, they will end this, this this friendship. There's no way this will sustain itself unless they both evolve at the same time and still like each other at the end. Molly sees Issa as someone who has it all because she has on a surface level what she has Molly Lawrence. wants. So Molly won't take any of Issa's concerns or problems seriously. Because mm-hmm. she'd be like, you don't have any problems. Whatever, whatever. And it's... Vice versa, too, you know? Exactly, yeah. Because Molly has a much better job than Issa mm-hmm. does. Um, and has freedom. But freedom is definitely not all it's cracked up to be. Um, so it's it's kind of weird. And the thing for me is, like, in episode 7... I'm getting it right now. In episode 7, when, after Molly is told that she might need therapy or it might be a good thing... The backlash that she... 
the craziness <laughs> and it's like and and east is really saying it from a good point isn't saying like yeah you crazy you might need therapy it's more like why is that not a bad thing hey and then molly right. bites her head off till infinity and i'm like friends don't do that that's not a friend thing and the fact that Mo- like that was molly's tipping point you know like yeah that's what molly is like so, like the fact Be- that she suggested therapy because like- she's already working so hard mm-hmm. to get it right so how dare you say to me, I need to go talk to a professional about it. Damn I am putting right. myself out there. I am giving it my all. I'm patient. I have tried every method in the book. Do you think I need to see a therapist? Fuck you. No. And I, hey, I got the yeah. anger. Oh, girl, so healthy and happy. She was smiling. She was shining. I would have been like, therapy is a great thing. You look amazing. <laughs> But it was almost like a pity thing. Like, you're just not figuring this out. So you should probably go talk to somebody. That's what... I could totally get why she fucking flips. Because it says, I can't do this on my own. And that there's something broken in me that I'm just... I can't get a hold of. I think in the context of the season, it totally makes sense, though. (laughs) First off, I'm going to write this on... You know what I'm about to say. I'm going to write it on the wall. Fuck Jadena. From now... Until I knew you were an ancient ass nigga like but that was that was one of the most crushing scenes in television history and it's just ever because it showed let's lay out the scene he says Wait, are we gonna lay out from the beginning? He's not even that good of an actor. He's he's just like hey, just like "Mm." uh, (laughs) he says he says yes. I'm oh I'm who are you? I'm I'm her boyfriend. And then later on, Molly's like, did you mean that? You know, wow, she's flattered. And what does he say? He was like, I thought you just needed a win. I thought we were playing along. Like, she's a doll for him to pity. I've never Like, he's such a a fucking catch, too. Like, just on both sides of the coin, it's like, one, get your head out your ass. And two, treat her like a person. That's the true tipping point. That's when she should have got ape shit. It's just like, oh, fuck this. And she just should have lost it. That's That for me was like, okay, enough. Un- like, no, nigga, no. <laughs> because what is she supposed to do with that? Exactly. That was so embarrassing and so pathetic for somebody to say that to And it's the else. whole thing of like... Really, though? To a black woman. It's the whole thing of like, was she being clingy? Or what did she find something she wanted and be like... I like this thing. Like, where's the line? Like, and why aren't you a genuine person where you could at least flirt with her and be like, "Oh, maybe one day soon we can actually make it for real." Like, that would have been some, the thing. That's to... still some ancient ass shit. No, though. no, but meaning he was. No, no, no. <laughs> that's better than. It's better, but still, I was just yeah. throwing you a bone. Yeah, like, which you pretty much said. Like that, God. I could. T- I'm Santa Claus. Basically, right. was, basically, was no. saying, I'm not even that interested in you. I was just. I was just doing it's that. It's also like you're, and then he, what do you say that she was, he pretty much said that she was desperate. Yes. He just told her that she what was What the show actually, for me, really uh, illuminated quite well was the stupid fucking shady ass reasons why niggas stop liking a girl. Every, re- every nigga that she, that she talked to left her for a dumb ass fucking reason. One time she was like, well, and you could tell that, you know, Issa, the writer, was trying to make a point of it. But one time she was like, oh, you know, you didn't tell me when you got home. And he was like, yeah, you know, I got in pretty late. And she was just like, oh, you know, I was just concerned about you. You know, just, you know, mm-hmm. it was such an innocent moment. And the way he reacted, I could tell, like, he was already, like, out the door, like, 
It's like, oh, oh, you know, like, why is she, why is she all up in my business she's, like that? She's just become that girl. Yeah. And I was, and me, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, wh- granted, okay, fine. It, it was, she said too much. Sure. I'll give you that. But the way that the dude reacted, like she was some, all of a sudden he was allergic to her. I couldn't understand that. I was like, that's a petty ass reason to check the fuck and out on somebody. And on the somebody. flip side, when Lawrence does shit like that, like, he's like, oh, hopeless romantic. Mm-hmm. But when she does stuff like that, it's like, get off me. Mm-hmm. And every dude that she talked to did that, you know? Other than the light-skinned guy that she totally just... Fuck her friends for that, oh, by Jesus. the way. What was his name again? Mr. Hertz. Mr. Mr. Enterprise. Mr. Kind of gay. Oh, Jared. <laughs> Jared. Even Gerald. Jared. Right? Jared? Jared? Let's go with that. <laughs> I like Jared better. Even the, her petty ass... And, and you could tell that, I think, you know, uh, the theme of her character is... Everything is happening for a petty ass reason. She's leaving people for petty ass reasons, and people are leaving her for petty ass reasons. How can you ever find love if you can't actually be grounded about this whole thing? The fact that the man confessed, "Hey, I had an experience in high school," and it's a great example of the double standard. Hey, I had this experience. It happened. It's done. Whatever you asked me to tell you, so there it is. The way she reacted, my my girl. No, here's the thing. So I know it was her friend because I feel like she was not like I'm done. I feel like she saw like a flag, which may or may not have been valid, and she was like, I still like him, but what should I do? And asked her friends, and her friends gave her confirmation. And remember, her light skinned friend is also in a married relationship. Oh, fuck that bitch. Fucked up. Fucked up. That when that nigga, is even a nigga, um, said, right, the, the nigga wrong. quota is that like, we question. don't even call men men anymore. It's just nigga. <laughs> like, when he was like, oh, I'm coming to Malibu, I paid for it. Like, oh, yeah, when he said He's that like, shit. here's my dick on the uh. table. It's like, you ain't shit neither. Like, and then, yeah, he's checking up on her. That was, like, the little subtle thing that they threw in. Like, he just keeps... And, you know, she says that shit. We're like, he texts me every hour. You know, like, that's whatever. Like, this shit. And I was just like, that's a that's an abusive relationship. <laughs> Are you like, dead yet? It wasn't abusive. It was codependent. Hey, that's... Me, skip, skipping us. Skipping us. Jump <laughs> Bobby and Whitney. Bobby and Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> Whitney and Bobby. But it goes back to my point. When you have shitty friends, when you have shitty friends, your life is going to be shitty. And that's just the reality of it. Because Molly made, there was maybe one or two critical decisions she made because of the influence of her friends. Mm-hmm. What was the other one? First, when she stopped talking to him because Who? because he didn't have a college degree. Who told her? Oh, light skinned girl told him that too, right? And then second, when he confessed. I feel like, is it offensive when I say, when I call a light skinned girl, I think I should actually know her name? Not amongst black people, but go ahead. And so, what's her name? I know, I know her. The actress who plays her is Amanda Seals. So I'm calling her Amanda. That's good enough. Okay. Call her Amanda, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> for like seal. a Everyone. seal. No, black women aren't seals. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> Navy seals. Um, but yeah, like, I think that that was petty. But it was also, it spoke to, like, just the social. Everyone's being pressured. Everyone in that show is being pressured. Lawrence is Lawrence is being pressured to be a fucking fuck nigga like his the rest of his friends. She's being pressured to find a man of her caliber, uh, of her caliber, like by her friends who is superficial as fuck. Like Issa is being pressured by Who's Issa being herself? Molly. Molly. Yeah, Issa's totally being pressured by Molly to stay. Yeah. And to an extent, Daniel. Like, mm-hmm. a bit more yeah. aggressively pressured by Daniel. And and the, one of the main things she's pressured by is the kids. 
Low key. That was the first thing that set off. You're not married yet? Oh, fuck those kids, those by the way. Those bitch ass kids. I'm sorry. They were so Miss fucking... Miss Issa Thick. They were so rude to her. Why you have your hair like that? My, my cousin could do it for you for free. Bitch, if you don't know your place. First of all, fuck your cousin. I would have been like, aight. Fuck your so cousin. They were so fucking rude. Why aren't you married yet? Oh, you little niggas. Like, it's so real though. It's so, <laughs> so my best friend is a middle school teacher, and it's real. Oh my god, it's real, especially when you're a young woman yeah. teacher. Oh yeah. my god, you even stare to stand up, and they're like, "What?" You know, like they freak out. It's <laughs> like, actually meaner than that. Like yeah. it's actually, I've seen some shit. I'm, oh my god, the thing she's told. Oh my god, it's wild. But um, yeah, and I love that that was the oh first scene. I love that she that decided that that was the very first scene. <laughs> you know, like that was beautiful. Also, yeah. opening up with "All Right." One of the best music choices <laughs> yeah. of yeah. all time. Oh my god. And the kid says, Why do what no, he says it retaliatory. He says, That's why my dad says black women are so bitter. Ooh. And she's like, Black women are not bitter, okay? Ooh. We want things and it's okay. That was the like foreshadowing <laughs> of niggas ain't shit, by the way. And that was such a when you take these things out of like it starts becoming not a comedy. When you start to lift things out, it's like, oh shit. This little boy's dad, like tells him when he comes home that black women are bitter. Mm-hmm. This child's dad pumps that shit mm-hmm. into his head. Mm-hmm. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What are we on? We're going to talk about now. <laughs> I, oh, the last thing, the last thing we can close out with this. I think it was the biggest fuck you to white America. She used every chance she got to make fun of white people, to to charge them for what they are totally guilty of, mm-hmm. for making minorities feel uncomfortable in the workspace. And watching that show makes me never want to work in a white space again. Hey. Because you see that, and you're like, what? this is what it is. And you you try to... Um, and both Molly and Issa's jobs. Both, both of their of jobs. Them. You know, corporate and, and chill non-profit. That you Molly know? scene where they tried to like, yeah, can you talk to the new intern because... Can I do what? Oh what the God. fuck? That was insane. And but also, and then she feeling responsible when they sit her all when they all sit her down. Like I shouldn't have to feel that way. Nope. And also, I think okay. My I know another big thing with Issa's workplace. I hated it. I honestly hated it how it was like a little normalized. Because I remember okay, like I think it's what maybe ep- even episode one or two, whatever. When they're first, when you first like find out where she works and like who she's working for. First of all. Her boss. And that's a lot of nonprofits. That is a reflection of so many nonprofits. Right. And like, I know that she's, I know, of course, she's making the statement, especially with her fucko coworkers. Like, that dude, like, I know, I know what you're doing. I know exactly what you're doing. Right. But like, it, it was, it almost was like a little too excused. And I don't know why I felt that way, but I did. Like, and I think, oh my God. And that scene with her and the boss and the boss is like, you know, first sitting her down, like, do you really want to be here? You know, and it's just like this white fucking woman with the like, all the African shit in the background. And she is the one that's headlining the, the, uh, a workplace of the title, we got y'all, whatever, you know, like she's the one that's like, sitting this only black this token black woman in the workplace down and asking her and i and i i almost i needed Issa to be more upset like and that's one of the biggest things for me with the show is that i love obviously the cutscenes with her like actually saying what's on her mind you know (laughs) like actually saying what's on her mind and then like you know the um whatever snap, snap back to reality like it's a little too stifling it honestly is because 
I think it's great. No, no, I'm sorry. No, no, no it's fine. No, no, I think no. it's great to even have it, you know, like even show it and be like, this is what she's really thinking. Mm. But like, I almost wish that like it could just be done in, in a different way because I almost, I get like a piece of me leaves when we snap back to reality and that's mm-hmm. not what she said. You know, like it's mm. almost like I can't. For, for me, where I am, like, right now, and how, and where I am, like, just experiencing life, and experiencing America, and everything, whatever, like, I need her to actually be saying these <laughs> things, if, if not with her voice, with the stuff that she does, you know, whatever, to white people, like, that was, like, oh, God, and it was, like, it was so, I think it was, like, underplayed a little, a little, mm. a, a little, a little sometimes, okay, be, I could get, to get that, yeah. you know, like, but, but also it might have also been to the benefit of the show as well because it's now it's it's being underplayed so then like we can focus more on the black people and we can focus more on like the black storylines whatever but like um yeah it was like that was a big stifling thing that i legit felt i was just like kill this bitch like kill they share emails without me i think i think it was a black woman is getting slighted so hard like to her and she's running the motherfucking business right and like subversive about how how like just murdered she was getting i think that it's a painful it's a very painful reflection of real shit because we've all looked at white spaces hey white space (laughs) we never no one ever does that no one ever does that and it is it's suffocating because so lawrence has no job like she has a job she has to keep food on the table like she has to fucking keep this entire ship afloat and to do that, her and Molly have to put up with bullshit every day. Mm-hmm. Like, and the fact that it's normalized speaks on the fact that what's normalized is that we have to work for these white spaces. Yeah. And it's like, we want to vicariously live. The thing about this show is that if this is Atlanta, you would have killed that boss and somehow got away with it. <laughs> this show reflects reality in so many painful ways. Yeah. She didn't leave. She didn't, like, drive away in the sunset with, with a new nigga, like... The relationship breakup was messy and sloppy and drawn out because that's what shit is in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, same thing with working at a white space where you are slighted every day as a black woman, but you know, like, what the fuck are you going to do if you quit? And also, yeah. the intimidate, she felt small because white people make you feel small. And I feel like that's part of the reason we don't rebel. Because deep down, being someone who has worked at white spaces, like, very recently... Part of the reason we don't rebel is because we subconsciously still feel like they're bigger than us. And that you deserve what, how you're being treated. Even when mm-hmm. she, when it was shot, if I'm not tripping, whenever like the white lady who runs the shit was talking to her, most times she was sitting above her. Yeah, it was, it was like shot from like below whatever, so she's like talking above. Like, it was this. like reminding me of like in like American film class when, oh, more white analogies, when we would watch Citizen Kane and my professor would freeze and be like, that shows a dynamic of power. Like when someone is standing up over someone and making them feel small. Also speaks to the fact that she, Issa, in life, works for a white space. Yeah. Mm, HBO yeah. is a white space. <laughs> like, yep. they sign her checks. How many of us work for black spaces at the end of the day? Unless it's a nonprofit. Like, how many of us actually work for black spaces? And it's meant to show, like, Black women are trapped and tangled in all of these different things where they excel because they're black women and they're amazing, and, but still tangled under the stipulations of life. Yeah. 
So we want her to kill that person, but at the end of the day, if Issa kills that person, she's going to jail, or she's not going to have a job, and she's not going to be able to change those kids' lives. Which is no. why the freakouts in her head. Fuck white people. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why the freakouts in her in her mind are are real because yeah. that that's how we feel and that's how we usually act out, right? Her those mirrors- also if it was a black male character, if it was Lawrence's story, he could say "fuck you" all he wants. Yeah. Like, he would suffer the consequences, but it'd be much more like being yeah. a black woman mm-hmm. in a workspace is mm-hmm. even more, like, pummeling. And those mirror scenes were so real because you have to kind of have those pre- those pep talks with yourself. <laughs> like, you gonna, you gonna go in there? You gonna do what you need to do? Like, it, it was so... I was so happy to see those because, as you know, as the insecure black girl, you kind of have to, like, beef yourself up to truly be able to, like, make it through. Whether it's in relationships or work or wherever, like, that shit is real. It's real. And you also have to take those moments to kind of celebrate whatever joy that it is you do have or like whatever you are feeling good about yourself. Like that's that's your moment to like be who you are without putting on the mask, which I think a lot of black the double consciousness black women have Mm -hmm. to do. Second month. She's looking in the mirror, she's like, You better not be wearing the mask. Um (laughs) (laughs) like yeah, I think that's like a that's so real. And like, yeah, it's just me like for me personally, I'm watching it and I'm just like I personally can't watch it. Oh, I wanted to I'm, watch a burn you know, the place right, down. Right, like, set like, the place on fire. That. But then, of course, yeah, it, it's like, it's it really does add to the beauty of the show, where you're just like, yeah, she just can't say that. She, like, I mean, she can do whatever she wants, like, in, you know, whatever, in an ideal world, like, whatever, she can say whatever she wants, but, like, yeah, like, if she wants to just whatever, like, honestly, save herself, like, self-preservation, whatever, she's just gonna have to do what she's gonna have to do. And remember, she legit cared about these kids, and I think mm-hmm. that's what hurt, that's what hurt, like, I think she wants to almost protect the kids, yeah. like, from their white shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> these, it was, it reminded me, and I think we, to me, nonprofits that are for the hood, like, white nonprofits, are pretty much, like, like, missionary covenants that go into, like, Africa. Like, it's kind of the same thing, where it's like, you don't know better, you don't know what's best for us. You haven't been here, you don't know how rich our culture is, and how we've been doing, yes, all you see is a struggle, but we're doing fine. Mm -hmm. Like, all we need is the resources. It could be a, it, like, you're, you don't need to impose your whiteness on it. So, one of the things when the white, when everyone else in the boardroom was talking about places to take them for that fundraiser, and she was like, why are you doing it there to bust them out when you could show them the beauty in their own neighborhoods? And then in episode seven, really getting it right now, in episode seven, when all of the white people come in, they're like, this is a nice neighborhood. What's the name of this neighborhood? And she's like, bitch, you are not going to take my neighborhood. <laughs> and that shit is real. Like, all of it is real. And you are working for the devil. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm going to be the one that burns this, like, podcast to the ground. <laughs> Susie, if you want your name redacted, it's totally fine. Because Malcolm... say my last name, I'm good. Because Elijah Muhammad has taken the shit. And he's staring it. Except without all of the problematic shit that nigga's done. Like, all of... Take away all of that. I was also going to mention, uh, Left Turn, how I think the insecure black girl narrative was definitely overtaken by the infidelity theme. I feel the first couple of episodes were really strong, and you could feel like, okay, she's struggling, and she's trying to figure herself out. 29, what am I going to do? But eventually, like, the whole show just became about cheating. I did That's think the story was going to be more broad. Season two, maybe. Yeah. Season two. I'm I sorry. think there's room to go into so many other mm-hmm. uh, chambers of, of, of stories, but, yeah, it really became about. Yeah. But I think it... I, I don't know if she was trying to reflect, you know, where we are as, you know, like the word millennials, but where we are as young black folk, where the culture is right now. I think it really shined a light on how we handle 
uh, infidelity in this in our in our era. I also think mm-hmm. I mean, but if she's looking at she, like this is gonna be like a project, so this is a beautiful first season. If she's mm-hmm. looking at, I mean, hopefully like six seasons. You know, like this is like the like to have Issa grow like throughout whatever like hopefully six years and beyond. Like this is a beautiful first like yeah. chapter. Yeah. You know, like so. I I'm o I would be okay with this whole season being just being mostly about infidelity if it means that we can go forward. I now. think so, with the way that the final episode ended, where she's on that fucking couch. Yeah, they're not going. I don't think they're getting back together yeah. season two for but sure. They can't. Yeah, and the, and that I don't think people realize how beautiful that was shot. We don't know what they know. We don't know if she actually went in the house and saw. Wait, wait, wait. What was it? We don't know if they, like, bumped... What was the part that they left out? Not that... That he left and that he was messing with another chick. There was... I know. I know exactly. There's there was a gap. Something. That was... There was, there was a gap. A, oh, I can't remember. Well, he had already left the house. Yeah, she, she walked in. in and she saw yeah. that all of his stuff was gone. But I don't know... We we don't know for sure if she knows that he had sex with, with the bank teller. I don't you know, know she, and she, I, they should have no reason to know that at that point. There is another she, gap. I know, anyways. I know, I know, I know. I can't remember what like it was. Something. Like, she doesn't know something yet. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but I think the next, I think, I think the next season, she'll really have to be on her own, and I think that might be a really fun. Oh, yeah. That's gonna be. Fun. Yeah. Situation to watch. For real. She's gonna find, um, hopefully Daniel doesn't come back. Because, okay, that would Daniel, be if Daniel or Lawrence are, like, a big part of season two, then that means that... Mm. He's Lawrence gonna come back, Lawrence... like, season three, like, mid, mid-season, mid and it's just gonna pop up. Lawrence then... is <gasps> gonna have, like, the... B- they're gonna do, like, a B-story thing with Lawrence. So I think he'll be there. I don't see them... Because Lawrence's character is a good character. Like, he's not... Like, they don't need Daniel. Daniel's just a catalyst for the shit. Like, they don't... My Daniel hate is real. He was, like... But he was, like, just a black Ken doll. Like, they don't need him. Like, he was just f- but, satisfying. But, you know, it's good to have him on retainer, on the <laughs> roster. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's going to show up. We're yeah. going to forget about him, and he's going to pop up. Ty Dollar Sign's going to be there. Yeah. It's just going to be Ty Dollar Sign. But I think, I think season two will be her. I think she's going to get a little wild. I think she's going she's gonna to really figure out what being 29 single and free is. You know what? Once she finds mm-hmm. out that Lawrence hit, the, hit that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, she gonna be mad. I feel like season two episode or the season two premiere is gonna be like her thirtieth birthday. Then we'll I was wondering if they're gonna jump ahead that be that much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She I can see them leaving LA too, like eventually, like third season to fourth season. But that's my. I hope she doesn't. Honestly, that's the LA she is. Is she's in is like a cool character too. Actually, that is true. Yeah. I could see it other places, but I'd rather I'd rather it stay in LA. Also, my LA bias is real. <laughs> I just don't think it's an interesting place to shoot anything. But wow, there's no stuff into it. Whatever. I just I just rolling. Whatever. Eyes, guys. LA could have been like any other <laughs> cities. Like I don't care about LA. I think it's malleable though. It is it's just been like treaded over so many times. It's true. Like, and we really see black LA. Mm-hmm. Like we see like that, in girlfriends and then this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And they barely left the house. So let's be honest. Ungirlfriends. Oh they house. have three locations. <laughs> house, the small restaurant. office, restaurant, <laughs> and then like the hood where Maya lives. <laughs> and maybe Jones' apartment, like once. Maybe Jones' apartment. <laughs> when she had the Eastern <laughs> <laughs> So good. 
Um, Anyways, go ahead and make your point. No, I think I've made my point, honestly. I mean, it's a great show. I think it's, it's, it's authentic. It's black woman narrative on screen, unapologetic. It's just the most beautiful thing in the whole wide world. It's a hug. And, like, I want to hug her. So bad. It's amazing. And I feel like she's never... It's a relationship because... It's not like she's trying to tell my story. She's just... I don't know what it is. She's just... Ah, giving life to what is often experienced behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, this is what the deal is. And, you know, and I don't know how to describe it. I just feel so... I just feel so happy watching it. Exactly. I really do. Mm-hmm. Why are you quiet? What? what? Oh, I'm, I'm soaking it in. <laughs> It's just, it's safe, and it's it's therapeutic, and it's a mirror, and in a way, it's almost self-love, because she's just showing us who we are, but it's no judgment, it's no shade, it's not, it's not done in a dishonorable way, you know, she's not being a slut on the show, she's just trying to figure out what to she's do. She's not being a slut on the show at all, she cheated once, she cheated once, she cheated but once. But she lied about it. So that's what you do when you cheat. <gasps> 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 So I've been told. No, she was gonna tell him, and then she had the flashback that she. Did you fuck that nigga? That's what she said. But she kind of did say when he found out, but he didn't punch her in the face. Okay, that's the fucking worst. When I have to ask you to your face, did you fuck that bitch? And you're just now telling me that. I don't know those feels. Okay, I'm sorry. Don't project this on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet. I bet. You bet right. (laughs) Redacted. Also, just hopefully I don't close on this, like, kind of dark note, but, like, that scene where it's just, like, the you know, she, the the inside her head, not reality, is her coming in telling him, like, whatever she cheated on him, and then he blows up and he, like, abuses her, like, he slaps her, like, that was a beautiful little moment, right, where, like, you are really let into her world as a black woman where you're, like, that's a thing. Yeah. That is, we are not in this, okay, now we know for real that we are in the real world where, like, that is a looming threat. That is. And, and I don't that care. was the first thing that came to you know, mind. You exactly. know, exactly. That is the first thing where she's, like, the first thing that she, you know, is imagining him doing, her telling him the truth and what happened, like, she thwarted him, she betrayed him, whatever, is that he's hitting her or, like, abusing her. And, like, that... Oh my god, I, I, I kind of like, I loved her for that because it was this amazing little moment of her being like, mm-hmm, this is what a looming threat, it, I don't care mm-hmm. if it's a far away looming threat, because whatever, he loves me, and like we're in the, you know, he hopefully respects me, we're in this five year whatever relationship, but like, that is a threat, mm-hmm. that is just something that, you know is is more inevitable than you'd want it to be like even if it's not super inevitable you know like and we don't know if she was thinking worst case or first case exactly like, exactly or if they're one in the same because what actually happened wasn't as bad but still super threatening mm-hmm. like and it wasn't like what you'd expect or what people would expect Lawrence's good guy I'm doing air quotes right now by the way good guy character to do would be just a sulk Mm-hmm. and cry and the fact that he didn't do that like proves like it's still like a thing and I, yeah like because I, was... I kept thinking like during that scene when it was real when he found out that she was actually gonna hit her when she's not moving you know like like standing against the door and she's just not moving mm-hmm. and like whatever and she I mean at that point she I don't think she cares if like he's gonna like hit her or whatever like because she's just she like hates herself right like yeah. but um yeah I just like 
that was such a real beautiful raw kind of thing to put in. And I'm, I'm happy she did it. And I'm happy, like, you know, she didn't just have it exist in a bubble where, like, he really, you know, like, whatever. So he really actually doesn't hit her, obviously, whatever. But I'm happy that she added the, uh, whatever, alternate reality of, like, her fear, you know, of, like, yeah. doing that. That was, yeah, that was such a beautiful use of, like, that tool that she had, you know, throughout the show of, like, you know, where you're really let in on, like, what she thinks, mm -hmm. where, wh whether it be, you know, the mirror, you know, scenes, like, the basically the diary scenes, you know, like, she's talking to herself in the mirror, whether it be, like, these alternate reality kind of, you know, what about, what if I take this path kind of thing, um, yeah, I just, wow, she has a lesson on just perfect television, <laughs> like, perfect she television, she knows, tell it, like, she knows storytelling to a damn T, mm -hmm. she knows characters, and I, and, you know, I know that she's, she, like, wor I mean, for, I think, most of her life, like, she's just been obsessed with, like, writing and writing, like, uh, scripts. She, I remember, like, hearing that from, like, a very young age, she was, like, writing to television writers, like, and, yeah, yeah and, like, having correspondence with, like, I think one or two, like, specific ones, and, like, reading, like, legit reading scripts that she could find mm -hmm. when she's, you know, 13, 14, like, maybe even younger. I just, wow, like, it's... She's, she should, she, like, in, in ten years, when she gets a little sleepy, she should be a professor. Because... She should. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or at least do, like, a inside the writer's studio. Yep. Like, she should be the real, like... like or she should run for president, but, like... She know, should at least be the chairman of HBO. Mm -hmm. Like, let's start with that. President of HBO, give her that. Yeah, because... Give her that title. Because it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, the writing is so seamless. Like, it's so seamless. Really? Yeah, and she thinks about everything. Like whatever she doesn't put in, whatever she puts first and last. Oof. So I'm signing up for health insurance and not ignoring you. It's 11 something. <laughs> Obamacare is leaving us in 35 days. <laughs> I want to stress. But yes, it's it's a beautiful show and it's just, it's just, it's hanging out with my girl. It's therapy. It's, hey, with like, yes, girl, just speak on it. And it's friendship and it's, it's love. I can't actually wait until she brings in family elements. Mm -hmm. She did not at she all. She didn't bring in any, yeah. Which is okay, but that's eventually going to surface. And, um. That's always season two shit, though. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, but I'm, I'm actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm very eager to see what her backstory there is. Yeah, it's a beautiful show. It was written flawlessly. The jokes are there. The pace is there. The... The, the characters, I think... I think with black narratives, it sometimes can be too easy to make it too much like real life. Like, oh, I know mm -hmm. this type of dude. Like, that's not interesting. That's not a character. That's just real life. But I think it's a very delicate balance between fiction and real life. And I think she she maneuvered that pretty well. Yep. Yeah. It's a great show. It's ridiculous. All right, y'all. We've held on to you for long enough. Are we going to do that, that outro song now? Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. Press play on it. Sure. I don't. I don't have it on me. <laughs> I have it, and the it's audience will hear it. It's on my iPod Shuffle, so anything could come up. I have no control. You're not the DJ on this. It's just a Migos song. Oh wow, Migos, Quavo. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, I guess check out all, all of Ajay's shit. I mean, fucking... What shit? The, you, the links you. that will be in the bio? Links, pawn links. Pawn Under links. links, pawn link, links then. <laughs> and you can catch Susie where? Can we find you? I don't know, guys. Uh, <laughs> on this podcast. What? At the, at the pit uh, on the end of January. The January 28th, 29th. My, my play wow. premieres. Oh, so excited. Wow. And I've seen like the live reading was amazing. Like, it's going to be incredible. 
Thank you so much. I'm gonna be selling weed outside. <laughs> Please arrive drunk and and high if you. Yes. If if you're one person. I mean, it's fantastic. It's not high as well, but <laughs> the aesthetic is real. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're That's what's up. I'm gonna make merch. Get him something real. Get him something real. Get him something real. Get him something real. Come back around so we can keep you on your toes and give you all you need to know. And that's our joke. Get him something real. 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 Come back around so we can keep you on your toes and give you all you need to know, and that's our show. Something real, get him something real, get him something real, get him something real.